Hello, and thank you for listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. I am Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com. Hi, Joshua here, producer for Living Wealthy Radio. In today's interview, Teresa is exploring the power of relationships for business. Many people don't really think that they're the networking type or they don't have what it takes to go out and drum up business. But what this conversation brings out is that business grows out of healthy relationships. You don't need to focus on going to networking events and promoting yourself. Strong relationships are what count. Teresa started out by saying she didn't like networking because she considered herself more of a farmer. But our guest today brings out that farming and nurturing relationships is what brings about referrals, and referrals are the driving force behind lasting businesses. Making meaningful connections and opening up introductions is what it's all about. A business that has a referral culture will celebrate relationships, which in turn will continue generating business. Today's enriching fact of the day is that you can live fruitfully and in a life-giving manner by pursuing harmony and virtue. There are individuals you encounter from time to time who brim with positive energy and kindness. Everything they touch seems to turn to gold. They live fulfilled lives surrounded by friends and family, and you can't help but like them. Their lives are fruitful and meaningful, and you feel better for having spent time with them. How can you be that person? Can you generate life and improvement in others while enjoying a satisfying and fulfilled life yourself? Well, the answer is yes, you can. The Stoics taught that fulfillment and fruitfulness come from pursuing harmony and virtue. Everything in the universe is ordered and in harmony. We encounter and generate stress and conflict when we are not part of that harmony. But when we are part of it, We give life to others and to ourselves. So, what does it mean to pursue harmony and virtue? Well, according to Stoic philosophy, all of us have three judgments we can make for anything we encounter in life. We can determine something to be universally true and beneficial. Other things are universally negative or harmful. And a third category is those matters of preference or indifference. The key to harmony and virtue, according to the Stoics, was to orient your mind and gravitate towards those things we deem as positive and to shun the negative. It sounds kind of simple, yet most of us don't make the conscious effort to do it. We stress over finances and relationships, or we live in the indifferent and inconsequential minutiae of the everyday. Most of what crowds our minds we really have no control over, but when we exercise diligence in those things we do have control over, and seek out the positive good in life, we essentially enter the path of least resistance, also known as harmony. As a result, our lives become more fruitful and effective. Our minds are more focused and optimistic, and we spend our energy only on those things we have true control over and can influence for good. Today's enriching fact reveals that fruitfulness and positive influence are the natural byproducts of dwelling on the good we can do by finding harmony with our circumstances and prioritizing virtue 
we can be more connected, more focused, more attractive, more impactful, and ultimately fulfilled. You're listening to Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. I'm sure we can all agree that having an attorney in your back pocket would be super helpful in our modern world. It seems like everything these days requires paperwork and contracts and legalese. But in spite of how much difference it would make to have a lawyer on tap for these occasions, well, lawyers are just too expensive, right? Well, only if you're still thinking inside the box. For nearly 50 years now, Legal Shield has been providing a unique way for you to have an entire law firm in the palm of your hand for one low monthly fee. It sounds crazy, right? But it really doesn't matter if it's preparing a will or handling a traffic ticket or whether it's looking over loan documents or helping you handle an IRS audit. For just one low monthly cost, you can have your own team of attorneys at your disposal. Legal Shield has a network of dedicated law firms in 50 states and four Canadian provinces made up of seasoned lawyers with an average of 22 years experience. Their provider law firms provide legal protection to over a million members, even in covered emergency situations, 24-7, 365 days a year. If you want to have the peace of knowing you're covered next time you face a legal situation, contact Larry Smith. He's a good friend, and he's been on the show before. Go to his website at iprotectpeople.com. Larry will be happy to protect your family, your business, and your personal identity with a simple, comprehensive coverage plan from Legal Shield. Joining us today is Dr. Ivan Meisner, an expert in referrals and the founder of BNI, the world's largest business networking organization. He is the author of Who's in Your Room? The Secret to Creating Your Best Life. And he's going to share with us the story of how he built a business around referrals and networking and how the power of networking can transform our net worth. Welcome back to Living Wealthy Radio, Dr. Meisner. Thank you so much. It's great to be back on. My pleasure. So you teach that relationships are a currency that increases your capital. I love the wording of that because it's so, so true. But what exactly do you mean by that? Well, in the same way that we have financial capital, uh, I believe we have social capital. And uh, what is interesting is that, you know, if we're in business for any length of time, we know that the bank has this expectation that you put money in before you write a check. But when it comes to people, I don't think we get that. Not, not completely. And what happens is that uh, people, when they network, they try to make withdrawals. That is, they meet someone, say, oh, hi, Teresa, it's uh, nice to meet you. Uh, you know, it'd be great if you could uh, maybe refer me to some other people, or maybe you'd like to do business with me. And so there's no building of social capital uh, before we request a withdrawal. I call this whole concept of networking disconnect, it's where people show up wanting to sell, but nobody's there to buy, and they're not there to build that relationship. And that's all part of the, the, the concept of social capital. 
I am not the best networker. I'm not great at chit-chatting. And in another lifetime, I was president of a, a Rotary Club and um, was very involved with the chamber and all, all the different activities back then. And I don't think BNI was around back then. Uh, there was an, another lead generation group. But that always turned me off. I, that that's not my style. I'm very I'm I'm very much a farmer and a long term relationship kind of girl. But that mm. always turned me off when you'd meet people and there was just something about the experience that you know they're just there wanting to do business immediately and there was no dating there was no relationship building there was no getting to know each other it was like you know i'm 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 here to see what i can get really really quickly so you i think you've laid this up perfectly because um what you've talked about is everything that is horrible about networking but you've compared it to networking. The truth is, I bet you're really good at networking, and there's two reasons for it. One is, you're, you run a talk show. And I have always said that a great networker is a great interviewer. They ask questions, and they let people um, respond and expand on those questions. Uh, and I think people totally get, they don't understand that. They think that, if somebody is talking, then that makes them a great networker. It's just the opposite. A uh, good networker has two ears and one mouth and uses, uses them both uh, proportionately. They ask questions like you are, and you're giving me a chance to, to respond. I also, I think you use the, the term farming, and, and that's an expression I use all the time. A good networker understands that networking is more about farming than it is about hunting. It's about building those long-term relationships. And so... You know, when someone says, I hate, I hate sales, it's because they've had people that have tried to sell to them in a way that um, they felt like they were slimed. I think when people say they hate networking, it's because they've networked with people who have slimed them and not uh, really done networking the way I think it should be done, which is to build that relationship to find out more about the other person. Does that make sense? It it does. It does. You use the word slime and, and yes, and, and I haven't been to a networking event forever, but I do I do go to a lot of different events and I don't go there expecting business. I go there just showing up as myself to, to learn and and to engage with people and if something comes from it, great. You know, I always think I could be more strategic about it, right? Um, but, you know, I've done okay. So I figure, all right, how can I improve upon this? And when I saw you at uh, an, an event and you speak, I was just like, oh my goodness, if I had met you 30 years ago, I would, <laughs> I, my, my farming or my farm would be much greater because mm -hmm. the, the, how mm -hmm. you explain this whole art of networking uh, is, is just amazing, which is obviously why we're speaking today. So when I go to a networking event or I go to an event, I, there's always somebody who's, you know, bouncing. No, no, wait, hang on. Hang on a second. Cause you, 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 you said networking events and events. And I suspect that they are very much the same. Now, when you talk about, something like BNI, which is the organization I founded, we're very clear. This is a networking organization. But my guess is that um, there are th that these events that you're going to are also networking. You mentioned that you were uh, a Rotarian. Uh, by the way, I was uh, uh, a Rotarian for 16 years. It's a great organization. It is also 
a networking organization. It networks to, um, you know, their, their motto is service before self. But if you are doing service projects, you have to network. And so there are many ways to network. You network for community service. You network for business. You network for knowledge. There are many ways to network. What, what are one of the other kinds of organizations? What, give me an example of an event that you went to recently. Well, other just, than a hardcore network. Other than a hardcore. Well, and just to clarify, there was a time in my life, actually, it was before my son was born, where I was involved in all of these networking organizations like the Rotary and the Chamber and, yeah. you know, lead groups, et cetera. After my son was born, I cut all of that off. And the sure. events that I go to are more industry events or learning events or business personal development events. And yes, there are opportunities to network there. And I certainly could have been networking, but I, I, in my mind, I'm framing it differently from like the Rotary and the Chamber, et cetera, because I, I sure. seem to think those events are people that are there. They're just looking to connect for business, right? Where I'm going and where I but hang there's out. Many different, but there's many different ways to network, uh, which is my point. And, and um, one of the ways is knowledge networking. You, you go to an event to share ideas and resources. And so you may go to events without the idea of trying to close a sale, uh, but you're, you're trying to make connections that will help you in business through information and knowledge and connections. And that's just as valid. You're, you're building social capital in those kinds of things as well. And so I think it's really important to uh, identify the fact that there are many ways to network. I tend to focus on referrals because that's the business that I created, but, uh, that that's not the only kind of uh, networking that I think uh, people can benefit from. Yes, you said that so well. That's exactly it. No, what did you say? Knowledge networking or social networking? Knowledge, yeah, no, there's knowledge networking, you know, service, uh, community um, networking to, to help support the community. There's referral uh, networking. I mean, there's m many different ways uh, that one might uh uh, network in order to uh, improve their business or improve their, their community. So that, that describes me. It was more of a knowledge networking, lifting up myself and others around me, right? From a knowledge basis perspective, because from a business perspective, yeah, so, uh huh. Yeah. From, from um, a building a business perspective, you know, I see that and it's not necessarily exclusive, but I saw it more as, you know, that's more of a longer term relationship. And, uh, you know, if somebody was interested in what I was doing, certainly I'd share it, but I wasn't there to gain business because I've got my marketing and all my funnels for that. I didn't have to go to the event to generate business. If it happened right. organically, great. Let me give you a two sentence definition, my definition of networking, two sentences. Networking is the process of developing and activating your relationships to increase your business, comma, enhance your knowledge, comma, or expand your sphere of influence. Uh, that sounds simple, but it isn't. That's my definition of what uh, networking is. It's about activating your relationships to increase your business, enhance your knowledge or expand your uh, sphere of influence. 
And there's many different ways. And, and, and clearly I focused on, I focus mostly on increasing your business, but um, I've also been very active in knowledge networks. And I'm in one now. Um, I, I've been a member for about 16 years of an organization called the Transformational Leadership Council, which is a knowledge network. It's about sharing um, uh, best practices and um, transformational concepts in, in business. Uh, do I do business there? Yeah, a little. But, but that's not my primary focus. Matter of fact, one of my co-authors I met for, for the book, Who's in Your Room? Uh, one of my co-authors I met at the Transformational Leadership Council, and he introduced me to uh, someone you, you and I both know, Rick Sapio, who's the other co- co-author. So knowledge networking is very powerful and very important as well. I love your definition. That's I need to write that down and remember it. That's a Go to IvanMeisner.com and do a search on uh, networking definition and you'll find it. And you'll find it. So, Dr. Meisner, tell us a little about how you came to... Please call me Ivan. Ivan. Please please call me Ivan. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about how you came to build an entire business model around relationships and networking. And before you do... I want to give you license to brag a little bit about what BNI is, besides just the world's largest business networking organization. It's a tremendous organization that you've built. Thank you. Well, I started BNI in 1985. We now have 9,000, as of this morning, 9,120 chapters in 73 countries. We have 258,140 members. I get a daily report on how many members and how many chapters we have worldwide. Uh, I'd like to tell you that I had this vision of an international organization when I started BNI, which was your question. Um, how, how did I come to build this organization? But the truth is I was looking for some referrals for my consulting practice. Um, I was a management consultant and uh, I, I needed referrals. And I put together some people I trusted. Uh, I hoped that they would trust me. And we started passing business to each other. Uh, someone came to me and asked me if I'd open up a second chapter because in BNI, we only take one person per profession and her profession was already represented. And she asked me if I would help her open a second chapter. And, and, I, and I actually said to her, I said, no, this isn't what I do. I'm, I'm a business consultant. I, I don't run a network. And she said, well, this is kind of consulting. You're helping me build my business. Like, well, that's a bit of a stretch, but okay, I'll do it. So we opened up a second chapter and two people came who couldn't join that group. And they both asked me, uh, they, they, they came to that group that she started and they couldn't join because of the conflict. And they asked me to open up two more chapters. And yeah, we were just off to the races. I ended up opening 20 chapters that year without really trying. And that's when it hit me that we don't teach this in colleges and universities anywhere in the world. We don't teach networking, referral marketing, uh, social capital, emotional intelligence. And, and the businesses were hungry for this kind of learning and this kind of opportunity. And it was at that point, at the end of that year, it was uh, December of 1985, that I sat down and, and wrote my plan for how to scale this company into a much larger organization. Uh, as I said, we now have over 9,000 chapters. Last year, the organization passed 11.2 million referrals. Uh, we keep track uh, of the referrals. Uh, and, and we can track the members report how many referrals they get, what the value of those referrals are. And from those 11.2 million referrals, they generated 11 point, uh, I mean, uh, 
billion, with a B, $14.2 billion worth of business uh, for the members all around the world. Now, just so you know, um, $14.2 billion is more than the gross domestic product for the country of Liechtenstein. So that's okay, tremendous. A small country, but still, it's still pretty cool. That is very, very cool. And when you started BNI, accidentally, right? Um, sort of, there are already referral organizations out there. Yeah, I did not invent networking. Uh, you know, one could argue that the first network was Rotary, uh, started by Paul Harris. Uh, I think it was 1904, 1906. Paul Harris started a Rotary, and its original charter was not a service club. Uh, in the early 1900s, uh, you have to, you know, if you, if you know anything about management uh, history, management theory, in the early 1900s, that was the era of scientific management, um, where everything was about you know, the science of management. And in the original charter of Rotary, which I think was 1906, it said that Rotary uh, was an organization created for the scientizing of business relationships. That was its original charter. Later, it became a service club, but its original charter said it was for the scientizing of business relationships. I don't know. That feels like the 1900s version of business networking to me. What I did was take this concept of networking and create a system and a process and made it replicable, and we were very focused on passing referrals. That's what I brought to the the table. So was that the factor that enabled you to scale the company to a global organization being, you know, focused on the referrals for a business owner? And it's typically small business owners that join BNI, right? uh, Yes, along with salespeople for larger companies. I mean, almost every major company uh, that sells to um, business or to, to consumers uh, has a, a membership in BNI, but it's, it's the salespeople of that organization. So salespeople, small businesses, and professionals, lawyer, uh, chiropractor, dentist, uh, CPAs, those are the kinds of uh, people that uh, participate in BNI. And, um, and, and to focus on scaling it, I first had to, I wrote everything down. I, I, you know, I created processes for everything. Uh, and then it was about creating a culture that was replicable. We were very clear about our mission from the very beginning. And we created a set of core values. And you know, I really believe that culture eats strategy for breakfast. That an, organ, or, an organization's culture is a secret sauce to its success. Uh, there are a lot of networks out there. There aren't any with 9,000 chapters, none. And I think one of the reasons for that is that we have the strategy, but we also have the culture. And one can duplicate a strategy, but they can't duplicate a culture very easy. And our, our vision and mission statement and core values uh, helps to set BNI aside from every other organization out there. And you know, what's funny is people who are listening to this go, what's that mean? If they don't have a great culture, they're like, what's that mean? If people are listening to this who have a great culture, they go, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> because mm-hmm. when you have a great culture in an organization, you go, yeah, it makes total sense. When you don't, you have no idea what I'm talking about. 
Well, what comes to mind when I think of BNI is referrals. I mean, I, I know yep. you guys are focused completely and totally on referrals. That's it. So I see as an outsider, your business being so niche as to referrals. If I want referrals, I'm a small business owner. I know where I'm going to go. It's BNI, right? So like, you know, pizza being delivered in 30 minutes or less, right? I think Domino's, I think referrals in terms of business, I think BNI and how you built that was through the culture. Mm -hmm. You built an incredible culture. Say more. Yes. We certainly worked hard on that. Um, Starting with the mission, which, which you stated, our mission is to help people increase each other's business through a structured, positive, supportive referral marketing platform. That's our mission. So, and we're pretty focused on that mission. Uh, the, 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 a culture is created uh, in, in a, so I've written about this just recently, and, I, and I've never seen anyone else uh, describe it quite like this. I believe culture is created in this way. And if, if you're trying to create a healthy culture in your organization, write this down. First, you look at your processes. What are you doing that is making a difference? Uh, what are you doing that maybe is different or better than other companies? Those processes become your organizational traditions. And people start talking about those. It's, 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 uh, it, it, uh, people have a dialogue about it. They, they're proud of it. It becomes part of the training that they do. They talk about these things with pride. So processes become traditions. Traditions become core values. BNI has seven core values. The principal core value is givers gain. So I want to, Get business, I have to be willing to give business to other people. Now, if you're listening to this, you think, well, you know, this doesn't help me. Yeah, forget about BNI. Think about your business. Take a look at your processes. Take a look at your traditions. And from those traditions, you create the core values based on the traditions that you have. So with those core values, you develop an organizational culture. It's core values that create culture. Core values come from tradition. Traditions come from processes. I've never seen anyone quite describe it that way, but that's the way I've seen it done and, and tried to do it in BNI. And you've been able to duplicate it all over the world, over and over and over again. Yeah, 73 9, countries. Thousand yeah. chapters. Yeah, we, just before uh, we went on, I, I told you, I just got back from Brazil. Uh, and uh, I was at the BNI conference in Brazil and just got back a couple of hours ago. And it's amazing to see the same program done very much the same way uh, as, uh, you know, the other 72 countries around the world. Um, but uh, clearly a, 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 a different culture uh, in Brazil than what you would see in something like the United States. And that's really remarkable because if you're talking about McDonald's or Burger King or Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever, like franchises, right? And you think, oh, well, mm-hmm. they were able to scale and they, they duplicate their processes and systems all over the world, right? But you're talking yeah. about mm-hmm. something that has to do with relationships, which right. you would think, or I would think I would say, 
that's much more difficult because you've got personalities. You've, you, you're not making a hamburger. You've got personalities and relationships yeah. and people and cultures involved, right? And 73 right. countries, every country has its own way of doing things. Is it really yes. consistent where they're doing it this basically the same way in all these different cultures? That's just so fascinating. Unbelievably consistent. I've been to countries um, where I didn't speak a single word of the language, and I've watched a meeting. And I remember the first time it happened, I was in Sweden, and they were running an entire BNI meeting. And one of the people leaned over to me and said, you, you have no idea what he's saying, do you? <laughs> I said, yeah, he's introducing the referral part of the meeting. He's explaining how, to get, how, how you should get a referral if you don't have a referral to the testimonial. And the member said, wow, you speak Swedish? I said, no, I wrote the agenda. That's what happens right now. And that's exactly what was happening. So here's the thing about uh, culture and culture in terms of uh, you know, national culture and, and, and organizational culture. Um, I believe there is a third culture that we don't think about, and that is the culture of entrepreneurism. Entrepreneurs want to do things more effectively or more efficiently. And we don't try to, ch we don't try to change the culture uh, in a country. We just put a, a system or a process on top of the existing cultural context. And that process is about building relationships. It's all a system about building relationships and giving each other referrals. And so um, it's being done within the cultural context. You know, Brazilians locally were doing business with Brazilians. Uh, Brits are doing business with Brits. Americans are doing business with Americans. It's all within the cultural context. So if you can work within the cultural context, but just give a, a system or an overlay that lays on top of that culture, that, that national culture, um, the process can work very well. And I think that's one of the reasons why McDonald's works in other countries, because it's, a, it's still a system even though they're making something, uh, it's still a system and they're uh, applying it within the cultural context, not outside the cultural context. Mm. Does that make sense? I, I think it does. I think it does. And so is your objective to go to the other 70, 80 countries that's left? That's not on the list now? Yes. Yes. Um, we intend to be in every entrepreneurial nation in the world. Now, there are clearly a few that are not very entrepreneurial, uh, not very uh, open to um, uh, entrepreneurial concepts, which, um, you know, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to go there anytime soon. North Korea uh, comes but to mind. Any nation that, <laughs> yes, it does. That's one of the ones that was on my <laughs> mind. So, you know, and if we do open there, I'm not going to speak. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to send somebody. Uh, Just in case. Yeah, just in case. But uh, yeah, there are, you know there are a handful of countries that are just not open to to entrepreneurism, and um, uh, any country that is open to you know locally owned businesses, um, yeah, we'd like to be in every nation in the world like that. And my understanding is not only have you built this amazing organization for salespeople, business owners, professionals to exchange leads and to increase their business. But you also created opportunities for others to build a business. Yes. And can I just say, we don't pass leads. 
we definitely pass referrals. The lead is a contact. Uh, referral is some level of a relationship. It might be a low-level relationship. Uh, I know you. I maybe I don't know you well, but if you if you tell me you need there's something you need, uh, I would I would refer you to somebody I know. So there's a little bit of a relationship. Two, it being a very strong relationship where I know you really well, and I'm referring you to somebody else I know really well. Whereas a lead might be, hey, I think some new company moved in town. You might want to call them. And so we try very hard to make sure our members don't get leads, but get referrals. And I think that's a, a really important distinction that we had to really focus on in the first few years of, of the company is to make sure that we're not handing out leads. Got it. Yeah. What was the second part of your question? Uh, the question was, you've also created opportunities within the organization yeah. for people to grow a business under BNI. Yeah, BNI is a franchise. So um, we have over a thousand franchisees worldwide. Um, oftentimes, you know, people go to a local chapter and there might be 30 members in a chapter. Our largest have just over 100 members. Um, and they, they only see the tip of the iceberg. There's actually over 7,000 people who work for BNI worldwide as franchisees with their employees and, and, and of course, headquarters. Mm. So not to ask this question to be obvious, but mm. I, I want to go deep with it. Why are referrals such a powerful method for building a business? And you, you just well, I think there's the a lot of ways between the lead and the referral, right? Yeah. But right. what's the psychological aspect of the referral and, and your understanding of a referral and why you were so focused on referrals versus leads when you started the company? Yeah. Well, I, uh, referrals are, are a warm connection. Um, it, it was important to me as a business consultant, the lead n almost never turns into business for me. And so when I, you have to remember when I started being, I was, I was looking to build my business and help my friends build theirs. And I recognized that the best way to do that was through warm referrals. And so that's why I tried to focus on that. And, and that's, it just carried on from there. And, um, uh, it, it referrals work because there is that relationship that exists and that third party testimonial. Um, when I, refer someone, let's say to you, uh, I tell them about you and I tell them about how I know you and I tell them about what experience I've had with you. And so they, when they contact you, they feel a little more confident in the conversation because I've referred you. And if they know, like, and trust me, you are further ahead in that process. Now that doesn't mean it's the only way to get business. Although when I, I did a survey a few years ago, 12,000 people around the world, not just being I members, it was open to any business person. And uh, the average business person worldwide gets almost half of their business through networking, referrals of some kind. Um, so you still have to do other things. I, I'm not suggesting that networking is the only way to build your business. Advertising, I'm a believer in advertising. You want to be successful. In many business you have, uh, businesses, you absolutely have to advertise. Um, social media, I'm a fan of social media. I'm all over Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, public relations, 
The only thing I think I, I would never do again is cold call. Mm. <laughs> I used to train companies on how to cold call. I did it long enough that I would um, realize I didn't ever want to do it again for the rest of my life. Uh, but that's it. If you want to build your business, those are your choices. And I don't know about you, but I kind of referral marketing. Like, I like that. <laughs> that's, that's about building relationships with people and getting to know them and trust them. Great way to do business. Well, I've been very fortunate. I, when I started my, the business that I have today and, and the strategies that I work with, I was very fortunate in that I was able to invest in advertising and we created a culture where it really is about serving the client and making sure they have a great experience and we get a ton of referrals and we've been able to build our business on referrals. And so uh, very, very fortunate that we've been able to do that. But I am going to commit to you to go visit a BNI um, meeting and I want to experience it. I want to know what it's all about. And I would encourage our listeners. You tell me where, I'm not sure where you live. You let me know where you live. I'll, I will make sure and send you uh, information on a, a local director and they'll place you in a, a good chapter to go visit. So you can see firsthand. It's, uh, if you go to a good chapter, it's all about a group of friends who have uh, created a process of accountability. See, one of the weakness, one of the strengths of a, a networking group is that most of the members are friends. One of the weaknesses of a networking group is that most of the members are friends. Mm. Friends don't like to hold friends accountable. So you have to have uh, this process in place where you're building relationships and you have accountability. Without accountability, it's a coffee clash. And most business people don't want to spend their time in a coffee clash, not really. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally get that. Well, I will encourage our listeners to do the same, to go visit a BNI. Many of our listeners are entrepreneurs or business owners or professionals and see what kind of value, right, BNI can bring to them in terms of, I I know very few people who aren't looking for uh, more business in their business, right? And so, um, Dr. Meisner, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Well, sure. Uh, you know, anyone that's interested in uh, visiting a BNI group, uh, just go to BNI.com. It stands for Business Network International, BNI.com. And you can find that information on uh, where you can go to a chapter. Um, uh, let me leave you with one last thing. You know the expression, it's not what you know, it's who you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think it's either, to be honest. I, I don't think it's what you know or who you know. It's how well you know each other that really counts. Uh, people, you know, I've talked to people and they, they told me about how many contacts are in their database. And the, the sheer number of contacts you have is really secondary to how deep the relationship is. If, you're, if your network is a mile wide and an inch deep, it's not going to be very powerful. What you need is a network that is both wide and in places it's deep. And, and you, you know your network is powerful is if, if you can pick up the phone, call one of those important people that you're proud is in your database. And they'll, A, answer your call, and B, if you ask them for a favor, they would say, yes, I would be glad to do that for you. That's when you know you have a great network. 
And so it's not what you know or who you know, it's how well you know each other that really makes a difference. And that's one of the important lessons I've learned in creating the world's largest business networking organization. Well, I've always enjoyed listening to you, uh, Ivan, and uh, your book, uh, which you're the co-author of, Who's in Your Room? The Secret to Creating Your Best Life, is by far one of my favorite books. I was just chatting with a team member today. We were talking about that concept, and we were talking about this is why we've got to protect who is in our room. And if you want to know more, if you're a listener, Living Wealthy Radio, I encourage you to buy this book. It is an amazing book for your kids and for yes. your employees. It's The concept is so simple and so, so powerful. And can I just add, it's, it's not about networking, although it certainly can be used in networking. It's about really creating your best life, creating the life of your dreams. And you mentioned kids. Gosh, I wish I had this when I was 19, 20 years old. Totally. If somebody would have given this book to me. It would have been a life changer early on. Totally. And it's, con- it's again, it's very simple concept. And we're familiar with these concepts. It's just the way it's presented is just absolutely beautiful. And you and I did a podcast on this. And so you can go to livingwealthyradio.com and search the interview with Dr. Ivan Meisner on Who's in Your Room. And so thank you so much, Ivan, today for joining us again. And please let our listeners know how they can follow you online. They can follow me on my blog, IvanMeisner.com. I've been writing two articles or videos a week since 2007, so there's lots of content there. And uh, on on Facebook, um, Facebook.com slash Ivan Meisner dot BNI founder. Um, put a lot of stuff up there as well. Love to see people there. Great, fantastic content. Again, thank you, Ivan, for joining us today on thank Living you. Wealthy Radio. You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. Download or subscribe to our podcast to hear a new show every week. I am Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com.